myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. There hasn't been a major signing since Otani. When it's so cold, it'll freeze your nose hairs. But you look at the calendar and see warmer days ahead. And your thoughts turn to summertime. I wonder if we'll ever know where Blake Snell will go. Or who will get Bellinger. That's the wonder. The wonder of the off season. <laughs> Welcome to the Long Gone Podcast. It is me, a healthy Michael, and with me as always is S. What up, Steve Ford? How you going, man? It's going. Feeling good? Better? Healthy? Feeling good? Better? Better than last week? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah much better. Good. Alive good, and good. kicking. Good. Alive in kicking. Now we're still here in michigan cold as balls uh, <laughs> yeah winter decided to show up uh, uh this past week here so, oh my uh, god man we got drop of snow yeah yeah i don't know how much how much are you looking at up in the up right now well uh when it it was over like 22 23 inches when it first hit <clears throat> and uh the roads were really bad which yeah. left me kind of up here stranded yep. and um yeah it was kind of a weird start kind of a bad start to the year i mean got covid yeah. real bad and then yeah. and then couldn't leave because of the roads and yeah. oh my god man so come on january just come to an end right oh my god it's yeah so basically this weekend i gotta escape back down to <laughs> down to down state oh, <laughs> so so are you going across the Mackinac? are you going through oh, wisconsin yeah. and, i oh, never man. go through wisconsin i i i stay with the homeland um, with the homeland, you don't want to venture over. To, you don't want to venture over and uh, pay those tolls, huh? No, no, it's uh, no. I always, the way I always look at it, Michigan always gets my money. There you go. Um, and, and the reason why, dude, because every anytime I've been through Wisconsin, mm-hmm. like when I've taken that way before, I've always gotten a ticket. Seriously? I, I, yeah, oh, man. man. Yeah, and the tolls kind of suck too because yeah. you can avoid the tolls, but then your trip's longer. Right, right. So I, I always like going the Michigan way, and it's always scenic and it's nice. Yeah, um, check Mackinac Bridge, all that fun stuff. Yeah, yeah. And so, and, and the way I go, um, I kind of go. It's near my camp, you know, mm-hmm. uh, where I go. So I'll use sometimes stop off and check on the camp real quick, nice. or you know, or push through. But um, I, I just like like going over the bridge. I was thinking on my way up. Uh, some months, uh, a couple months ago, when I was coming up, when I was coming up here, I was thinking, how many times have I crossed the Mackinac Bridge? Yeah, dude, man, I, I can't even like. It has to be hundreds. I mean, man. at least, right? I mean, yeah, I would say so. And and on the contrary, with me, the last time I crossed the Mackinac Bridge was a good twenty five years ago. No, about that? yeah, I haven't been up to the. I haven't been up. The last time I was up near the UP was we went to Mackinac Island my sophomore year in high school. Steve, really? Yeah, yeah. Bro, we got to um, we got to do a trip this year. Maybe just yeah, like a, for a weekend, just head up to yeah. Mackinac. Okay. Um, there's some cool stuff up there that I found out a few years ago. Um, stuff we can do. So yeah, yeah we got to head I'd up. Be there. Down, I'd be down for that. Yeah. Now, you, like I said, I used to go up there every summer and as a as a kid. Mm-hmm. But then when we stopped doing those trips, I stopped going up there and and haven't yeah, really made sense. a trip up since. Yeah, except for one trip in high school. Yeah, it makes sense if you've 
if you know what I mean, there's, if you don't have family up there, there's no there's family, no reason, yeah. right? If there's no reason to bring you up that way, mm-hmm. most people I know that are in Grand Rapids or down in West Michigan or just down downstate of Michigan, the highest up they'll go is like Traverse, Traverse City. City. Yeah, yeah, my brother goes up to Traverse City at least once a year to uh, him and his wife and their kids go up to vacation usually. Beautiful, of course, yeah. but oh, yeah. it's, it's yeah. you know people don't realize you can keep going. You know, you can keep <laughs> going. <laughs> there's more. There's more stuff. Just keep going. Keep yeah. going north. Oh man. Um. Yeah. It hasn't been hasn't been the best start. Uh, hasn't been the best start here for you. But you know what? We're in the second half of January. Yep. Things will turn around. The Lions are still in the playoffs, bro. So I know yeah. this is a baseball podcast, but <laughs> oh my god. Uh, so even if you go on BavadaSportsbook.com. The Detroit Lions <laughs> are heavy favorites to while well, behind the San Francisco 49ers to make the Super Bowl. So everybody listening, Steve and I, we were from Michigan. Obviously, we wouldn't be talking yeah. about it unless we were. Um, and we're Detroit Lions fans. I mean, we've been Huge. through the hardest shit you can imagine. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, we're 80s and 90s kids, so yep. we've seen the worst of the worst. Right. Mm-hmm. So and I, I think the thing that was so crazy about it is. We never thought, we thought, okay, let's just have a winning record this year. We get a winning record. Let's just make the playoffs. We make the playoffs. Could we win a game? We win a game. game. Yep. And And look at us now. And now it sets up with, oh, we get to host another game now, too. Yes. So, you know, I was looking, I remember the the end of the game on, uh, on Sunday there, I was, uh, I have this, I'm sure I told you this Detroit Lions blanket I got as a kid for, uh, for Christmas, like. I think it was Christmas in '93, so that that blanket has seen the the last home playoff game, and wow. so it, it 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 it's journeyed here the last thirty years. It's still with me, and now it got to see a uh, a home playoff win. So that's dope. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and to me, I, I, one thing that was cool about that game was you and my mom were very much like, "We're gonna win." Hey man, we're we're fine. We're totally I said that fine. to you on Tuesday. I think I was like, we're gonna. I I you know I'm bricked up for this game. I think we're the good things are gonna happen. And I was I a nervous wreck. I couldn't. Yeah. I, I literally didn't sit the whole game. I was actually standing, pacing from <laughs> before kickoff. I mean pregame all the way through. I didn't even sit down till like I had to go to bed, and then I couldn't sleep because I was so jacked yeah. up all night. <laughs> um, and I yeah, bro. I just yeah, you were you were like calm. You're like, dude, my heart rate's at like. 59. <laughs> yeah, I, I checked it throughout the game and I said the only time it got up there was uh was when we were up by one and and the Rams were making the drive to potentially take the lead. Oh. And I was like, that's the only time my heart rate got into like the 70s, I think. But other than that, is that a cool like upper 50s, low, low 60s at the most throughout the whole game? You and my mom are the same way because it was yeah. my mom is my mom is usually never high strung. She goes, I just know we're gonna win. And then I kept asking her, Do you think we're still gonna win, mom? All like Mm-hmm. You know, because it's just there was moments there, right, where yep. it looked like they were going to give it up. And I mm-hmm. think it was just such a big moment for Detroit because it was so storybook. I mean, we had our ex quarterback who left us. Yep. You know, and and we beat him. And yep. I think that was just phenomenal. It was great for the city of Detroit. It was just yeah, we could speak on it all day, I'm sure. But it's oh, yeah. um, it's Detroit sport. I mean, Michigan sports. Mm-hmm. Has had a great I mean, month I, so far. I haven't had a good month, but Michigan sports have. Yeah. And I'd rather have them have a good month. I mean, we have the Michigan Wolverines winning a, a, a natty, which yep. 
we needed that so bad. I mean, yeah, for the for the Big Ten and for the state of Michigan. Oh man, we just yeah. exactly because it's been so many years since anything good, right? So, mm-hmm. um, and then the Lions are doing what they're doing. So, mm-hmm. and we're hoping that carries over, obviously, with the Red Wings who are picking Red up Wings now. are playing better. They're I, playing I better. They're, they're playing better. Yep, and, and then there's the Pistons and the Pistons. We'll, but we'll, we'll we just have not talk them. <laughs> yeah, we just yeah we won't we won't yeah the Pistons are a whole another story, but huh. the Tigers are you, there's it looks good right i mean because we ended the year kind of bad last year well, not bad i mean we ended the year good last year but we, we did. didn't make the postseason right um, another but, year and drought i think we've hit 10 years now yeah yeah, ten, yeah. oh man that's crazy to think that. about but <laughs> we, we, you know we said goodbye to a legend and then mm-hmm. now it's the young guns taking over and with news this week they signed they went out and signed two notable international prospects which was nice to see i mean you saw two top 50 guys yep yep yeah yeah uh yeah, b- big signings uh you know and it's good to see them in the international market here you know because yeah. a lot of times when alavila you know and even dombrowski was running the show we didn't dip our toe too much into the international waters here but it's good to see you know them getting out there and spending the money obviously the the big signing uh was the braves that got was a jose perdomo yeah, for um, what for for five million, I think. Uh, yeah, five million dollar signing bonus. Yeah, they went they went crazy. Yeah, um, and then the Padres got what was it Leo Dallas DeVries? Uh, yeah, two shortstops here at the yeah at the top of the man. Well, DeVries I, is. I was gonna. I was gonna. Okay, yeah. DeVries is considered the top. Uh, Leo De- Dallas DeVries is considered mm-hmm. the top international prospect and. Of course, he signs with San Diego, who had the top prospect last year, Ethan Solis, the catcher. Yeah, yep. So, I mean, what I, I the, to me that just looks like the Padres know what they're doing when yep. they decided not to have Soto yep. be a part of their long term plans and right and right. kind of cut gonna payroll. Young. Yep. Yeah, we're gonna go young. We're gonna uh, build from within with uh, free, you know, uh, international signings and and mm-hmm. try and recoup as much prospects as we can through trading uh uh the the big names that we have so and they gotta be proud man i mean ethan yeah. Salas, you and i saw him play spring training ball last year Dude, so yeah. <laughs> I, I, as a 17 year old which is yeah. phenomenal I mean, he, and he looks so polished i mean uh-huh. that was the big thing and you could kind of see a kind of a trend with what san diego is doing because with this devries signing essentially this is another 17 year old 17 year old kid who at this point, which I don't really buy the early uh, scouting grades, but mm-hmm. they gave him like a 55 hit grade, 55 power grade, 50. I mean, he has 55s across the board, which makes him in a kind of like a Jerickson Profar early on type of prospect before Jerickson turned into nothing great. But right, right. DeVries himself is a big shortstop. I think he's like around 6'1", 6'2", and uh, he's a pretty polished, right? Just like Ethan Salas was, so... I kind of wish the the Tigers kind of went that route. I don't know what it takes to really sign these big guys other than money, um, right? I, I I really do think it comes down comes down to money. And, yeah. Uh, again, Tigers aren't willing to to spend even the international pool money. Come on, you know. Yeah, which I could see I, opening up a little bit more as yeah. the seasons go, but yeah. You know. Um, we signed a Nestor Miranda, who is a power hitting third baseman, which that's well, we need that. We need that. (laughs) And then the other guy that we ended up signing is this, um, this uh, Jesus Pinto, 
okay. well. Now, the thing I don't like, okay, so I don't really know much about Jesus Pinto. Mm-hmm. Um, he seems like a, a pretty well-to-do prospect as well. I mean, he's top 50. I mean, if you make the top 50, you're cooking with with gasoline. You're doing yep. good, man. I mean, yep. Yep. which is really good to see. But with one thing I've noticed about the Tigers in the past, what they'll do is they'll um they'll sign these like hot fielding prospects who can't hit. Mm-hmm. They lost and, the Tiger way. I mean, especially with catchers, even too, right? You know, you got right. these guys that can call a good game but can't hit for squat. Right. I mean, Jake, Jake Rogers showed some flashes of hitting, but he's nowhere near hitting for average. He's right. hitting for some power, which is good. But he's a he's a guy that. You know, typical tiger. You know, t- tiger player right there, uh, especially as a as a catcher, can uh, call it, can play great defense, but can't hit. Same thing yeah. a lot with their infielders. You know, that's exactly it, and we've seen that a lot. So this Pinto that they ended up having, I mean, of course he's fast as lightning. He can, mm-hmm. you know, he's plus runner. He could, he's just he grid in the outfield. It's like great, but his hitting is a work in progress, oh, right? right? Which. Um, but it's hard to say the guy's 17 years, 16, 17 years old, where this yeah, Miranda guy is kind of like a big hulking prospect. Right. Um, a lot of power uh, in his bat. He's like comes in at like the 45th prospect. Oh, so but he's only like 17 years old. So yeah. kind of like Campos. He was a big signing for us a while back. Mm-hmm. And we won't see those guys until I yeah, mean, who tuck, knows? Tuck him away. We'll see him in the six seven years maybe. right right only rarely <laughs> do you get like a juan soto who comes yep. and plays at 20 years old exactly or a miguel exactly. cabrera you don't really see that a lot yeah, it's usually you, you sign the guy at 16 you start him in their you know bottom and work their way up and by the time they're 23 24 if, if they're still around they'll crack the uh you know crack crack the major league team yeah you know. here's my thing like i like the international prospects uh i really do but giving a 17-year-old kid millions of dollars, I don't think is in the best interest of the game. But no. I don't know if that's a hot take or not. But it's to me, it's I wish they could just enter the draft like everybody else or like mm-hmm. an international draft. Maybe we have. Ooh, that's a good idea. But when they're older, right? right I mean, keep, right. you know, keep, keep doing that. But kind of when they're older. And I understand a lot of these guys want to. I'd say at least wait till they're 18, for God's sakes. Yeah. When they're kind of legal adults in in America before Mm -hmm. you start giving them millions of dollars. I mean, to me, it's just it's kind of um, kind of reckless because Mm -hmm. some of these kids, they might bottom out just because they have the money. Right. And exactly. Exactly. Yeah. They 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 got their pay, you know, their millions of dollars here and they're like, all right, cool. I got my money. (laughs) Yeah. I'm good. Right. Yeah. And and a lot of money, like the $5 million signing bonus, right? That's a lot of money. That's a a lot of, mm -hmm. I mean, you say a $5 million signing bonus in other sports, it's like, well, that's low end. It's like, yeah, but for a kid, 16, 17 year old kid, that's a lot of fucking money. Yeah. When I was 16 years old, I was making like $5 an hour. Yeah. You (laughs) You were making, right, right. You oh, know, yeah, dude, the old uh, minimum old, wage, yeah, you know? old working at the grocery store, making like five or four seventy five, five dollars an hour. Yeah, these, it, these kids are getting five million dollars, bro. Imagine yeah. if I was at that age getting five million dollars. Oh man, I mean, just think about it. You wouldn't really know what to do with the money. I mean, yeah, you would know mm-hmm. the the simple stuff, right? I mean, right. Uh, set yourself up, get yourself a car, maybe yep. help your family out. Things yep. like that. And I'm sure a lot of these kids do who they might come from well-to-do families or they might not. Mm-hmm. But um, it's 
it just sucks. I mean, it's, I mean, it just, it just, it's a lot of pressure for a kid in my mm-hmm. opinion. Yep. No, I completely, I completely agree. Definitely puts a, uh, a lot of weight on their shoulders yeah. to, uh, to be able to then produce or hopefully still have the drive to produce to make more money. Right. You know? so. I mean, yeah. And you just look at, I mean, I'm looking at international prospects from like say 2019, right? Mm-hmm. You got that Yolaqui Cespedes. That's uh Cespedes's Cespedes brother. brother. Yeah. And he is yet to really make an impact and he's 26 years old. Right. Mm-hmm. Jason Dominguez. He was a guy that was uh, picked, signed. Um, yep. He's 20 years old now. And, you know, he has a bright future, but some of these other guys I'm looking at this, Robert Pawson, Luis Red, I mean, some of these guys, Yiddy Cap, all these guys are yet to make their major league mm-hmm. debut. Yep. Yep. So it's really, it's, it's kind of a crapshoot and yeah. uh, you don't know what you're going to see. It's, it's basically a long-term investment in these players. And it is. It works out. Yeah, so. God, I'm going back as Steve as far as like <laughs> oh, man. 2014. I'm not seeing any stars, see man. Okay, I, was gonna say, I mean, out of the top 50. Out to you? Yeah. yeah, out of the top 50. Okay, she was 2015, right? You got uh, Vladimir Guerrero, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who was the seventh yeah. best international prospect of 2015. It turned out okay. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Armin, Armin, Armin Taros. He plays for the A's. He's up there. So there's a couple Christian Pache, oh, um, okay. Yodi Tavares. Yeah, there's some Juan Soto. He was in the 2015 pool and he was the 25th best prospect. Seriously? Yeah. See, you want- again, it's a crapshoot. You don't know. You know, Fernando, Fernando Tatis, 30th best prospect in that year. And those are two of the best players in baseball right now. Yeah. You know, and they yeah. were that low on their on the prospect uh, rankings. Uh, during the signing time for that year, you know, for that particular year, that's really, like you said, you don't know what you're going to get, you know? Yeah. You just don't, you, you never know what you're going to get in the long run. So I always, you know, it's, it is, it's just a crap shoot and the, you might have a star and you might not, but it's hard. You give the kids millions of dollars and you just hope to God. I mean, a lot of these guys, they're giving them millions, but I'm sure they're also maturing these kids by bringing them into their, their their programs their facilities and training i mean i imagine these kids are paid just to train all the time yeah i talk i mean that's that's their their full-time job i mean you know i do obviously they probably still go to school right oh yeah they'd have uh, to 16 they'd still have to be going to school but yeah i mean they don't have to do any other work it'd basically be school and hit the gym you know yeah but that's that's what i think and then get better at your craft so yeah i mean yeah and that's because i'm sure it's like an academy that they'll do i know like the brewers yeah. just set up a an academy that they're setting like a baseball academy and you're going to mm-hmm. start seeing these academies popping up with all over the country and and out uh internationally as well which is really yeah. smart i mean i think it's really smart for baseball and um especially when you're seeing high dollar international prospects Mm-hmm. Or high value prospects getting top money. I mean, look at Yamamoto right. and Otani, and yep. it's just it's insane. It's insane. Yep. Yep. Oh man. Yeah. So yeah, that's on that front. And then uh, I see down in the run down here, you put the Marcus Stroman signs with the Yankees, which yeah, so remember we, happened right after our show. It did. So we we talked about on our show that the Yankees were the primitive favorites uh, to land Stroman. It looks like they got him. Yeah. Um, you know, so he, he will be heading to the, uh, to, to the Bronx there to, uh, to join the Yankees. 
you know, you go on to BovadaSportsbook.com and I'm looking at the AL East uh, winning odds here. Uh, the Yankees are are near the top here with a plus 170 to win the AL East. So uh, they're even ahead of uh, they're even ahead of Baltimore. Well, Baltimore and t- uh, Toronto. Baltimore's at plus two fifty. Toronto's at plus three hundred. Oh, so wow. so I mean, the Yankees have had you know they you know they they they've had fair a fairly quiet offseason. I mean, everyone's had a fairly quiet offseason unless you're the Dodgers. But it's uh you know seeing them up near the uh, the top for uh, for projected winners that was a little bit shocking to me i thought baltimore would be the uh, odds on favorite for the east but like we talked about the yankees they're just they have a, they're tied up to a lot of contracts you know yeah. obviously they just paid judge uh they still got the stanton contract hanging over their heads mm-hmm. they got garrett cole that they're paying um so yeah I, I, if i was the yankees i was looking yeah we got a bolster rotation but we don't want to get into another heavy contract here. Yeah. Uh, they were in on Yamamoto, I think, right? Mm-hmm. You were yep. talking about that. It just it didn't happen. Uh, so they probably looked at, all right, well, you know, Mark Stroman's had success. He's had success in the AL East. We can definitely get him for cheaper than Blake Snell. I think that'll be a good uh, upgrade to our rotation. So, you know, it make, makes sense. Yeah, it does. It's a kind of a low risk. And for Stroman as well, because Stroman is kind of a journeyman and, I mean, depending on if the Yankees are buyers or sellers at the trade deadline, if Strowman's actually doing pretty good, they could probably flip them. Oh, yeah. Uh, So, which you can't really do if you were to sign a bigger uh, free agent. Yeah, with a heftier contract. Yeah. Yeah. uh, There's no way you could, you know, if you were to sign Blake Snell, it's basically, all right, we're investing in this guy being a Yankee for the next five years or so. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Which kind of leads to our big talk of the day, Steve, Mm -hmm. is really... The questions that we need answered to before mm-hmm. we need answers for before the season. I mean, we had this last year. We've had this for the last, I think, every season where yeah. we talk about the big questions heading into the year. And I mean, right off the bat, we've had kind of a shitty free agency. I mean, aside from terrible. the international signings and when I, and I'm putting, um, you know, Otani and Yamamoto at that where it's big signings there. But then the rest of it's kind of just trickled off, Steve. So it kind of leaves a lot of questions through the whole league, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I don't I don't really see teams getting better. I don't see them getting any worse. Everything's just kind of in the mix. So, you know, last year, uh, we'll just do the same thing we did this year where we'll mm-hmm. ask each other a question and and we'll answer that and see what the other's thoughts are on it. But, you know, this is questions we kind of need answered before the season, and there are plenty, Steve. Oh, yeah, there are. Kicking things off. Uh, kind of piggybacking uh, what we talked about with Stroman, my first question to you is, have the Yankees done enough to compete for the division this year? I mean, they've made a couple, you know, okay signings. You know, they haven't really done anything major. Yankee, you know, in, in terms of what the Yankees usually do, it's been fairly quiet for them. So do you think they've done enough to compete and perhaps win the division this year? You know, Steve, I'm going to say no. Um, mm-hmm. And it's not just because of the signings or whatever. I think what they needed to do, and I might be in the the um, the minority on this, but I don't know if Aaron Boone's the guy there. Uh, no, I think they should have fired him after this. Year. Yeah, and even and I know Cashman was doing a lot. I I, I trust me. I I love that they traded for Soto. I think that's a great mm-hmm. move. I love that they still have Anthony Rizzo. I love that some of the other moves. The, the trade for Alex Verdugo makes sense. I think he's yep. definitely an upgrade over Harrison Bader. But I just and, and like we just talked about Marcus Stroman. I mean, then you're riding into the season with the Garrett Cole, Nestor Cortez, Rodon, Stroman and Clark Schmidt rotation, which 
I kind of like, and don't get me wrong, I kind of like their bullpen too, but while the team looks good on paper, Steve, I just, I feel like they really needed to make a move at manager. Now, I do applaud Mm -hmm. them for not moving on and trying to stick stick with this, but at the same time, if you're a Yankees fan, you're being very impatient right now Mm -hmm. because, I mean, what is the move here, right? What What is the move? I mean, you're you're hoping Labor Torres can bounce back and have a better year. You're hoping Austin Wells coming up uh, as being your number one catcher potentially, um, because I don't think Jose Trevino is that guy. Um, mm-hmm. I think their bench is still has a lot to be desired. Um, mm-hmm. Things like that, Steve. I mean, I know they got Trent Grisham and Peraza and stuff, but I, honestly, Steve, I don't think they did. I don't. I don't think they did enough. Just, uh, but it's not on the roster, Steve. It's more on the um, the management side and the front office side. I think they needed to retool a little bit. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I I, I definitely think that uh, a, a change, at least a change in manager, uh, should have happened. You know, and and Brian Cashman could have did a you know hail mary to save his job by basically saying, "All right, Boone's out if you keep me." Right? Yeah. No. Well, I mean, it, it kind of. Well, it's the biggest question of all, Steve. What is this team? Yeah. Right. Yep. I mean, what's your identity? Well, is it is, is a judge? The, yeah, it's always you know your team should uh, you know mirror your your manager, but right. it's hard to tell what your manager is. Right, you know? it's hard to tell what your manager is. Uh, remember, they went into the last few seasons with the twin towers between Stanton and yep. Judge, yep. but we obviously Stanton has taken a Miguel Cabrera type dip, mm-hmm. and with that big contract, they can unload, but you can't yep. really keep them out of the lineup. So, yep. what is this team? Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have some good young players. You have Labor Torres. You have some youngsters coming up. But again, oh. I, I I say, what is this team? I mean, <laughs> there's just what is it? We don't know what this is. And maybe yeah. Soto gives them more of an identity. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just if we don't know what the manager is, if we don't know what this team is, you know, behind Joe Girardi, I will say there was some kind of identity there. Now, was he the manager they they needed? For a time, and I think yeah. it just got sour over World the years. Series, yeah. Right, right. But I think his message just kind of grew sour, kind of like mm-hmm. Pete Carroll with the Seahawks. I mean, there's only so many, so many, so much he could do before what he was saying just wasn't turning the team around. Exactly. I mean, so that I, that happens after a while with managers. I mean, I know that you know the, with the Pistons, Chuck Daly near the end there with saying, you know, uh, uh, you all are getting tired of what I uh, what I have to say to you. Well, I'm also getting tired of what you have to say to me. Right, you know. So, and and this, if the season takes a shit, I mean, yeah. I don't know if Cashman's retained, even though he's really close with the Steinbrenners. I don't know. So, that's uh, number one question, Steve. I got a question for you now: okay. is is the AL Central still the worst division in baseball? And if not, what is their outlook? Man, honestly, I'm gonna still say yes. I don't think that enough teams have done enough to. To get better, obviously, I still think it's Minnesota's division to win. Tigers have gotten better, but the Guardians have lost their skipper, you know, in Francona. So it's it's going to be hard to tell because you know Francona helped win games just with his his you know decisions there. So it's hard to tell what they're doing. The Royals have made you know some interesting moves, uh, you know, in, in the off season, but I think still think that they're kind of a uh, a work in progress. They're still going to be in the bottom, and the White Sox are just one big dumpster fire right now. So um, they're getting better. This might be one of the last years where they're the worst division in baseball, but I do still think that they, uh, they, they are the worst because looking at other divisions, I, I don't see, you know, 
any other division where there's just so many bad teams and uh, it's yeah it's still shitty so yeah it's um, not a lot of good yeah you know, there's really you know there, there, there's not a lot essentially i think it's minnesota and then everyone else is kind of clumped together the tigers are, are doing their best to, to get out from the uh the pack there and i think that they will compete uh and you know i think they they definitely will get better but you know you look at uh, over under uh, win total for the Tigers. If you're on Bavada, I think they are at. Uh, let me take a look here. Tigers are at over. You know they're at 77 and a half uh, on Bavada for for a win total. And so if you were to take the over, it's at minus 125. The under is at minus 105. So they're still just right in that that meaty area. Um, it's still yeah. I still think the uh, it's you know the, the Twins division and then everybody else. So yeah, yeah, but not much longer. I think that. Uh, I think the Royals are improving. I'm not sure what the White Sox are going to do, and obviously the Tigers are improving. So yeah, yeah, they're still they're still the worst. Yeah, it's a lot of big (laughs) it's a lot of big debate to see what some of those teams will do. I mean, the Mm -hmm. Cleveland Guardians. I I think that they're they speaking of identity. I think they have an identity, but now Mm -hmm. that you lost Terry Francona, Mm -hmm. what's this team going to look like moving forward? I think the Minnesota Twins have a lot of good prospects coming up. Just see if they can develop, and like you said, the Royals, right? The Royals, it's it's this is time for them to take that next step. So, mm-hmm. um, you said they're not right now, and I totally agree with that. I mean, I think in the next couple of years, you, those young people are, you know, they're going to be the leaders of that division. Your your Torkelsons, your Royce, no, I agree. Lewis's, your Bobby Witt Juniors, you know. I I see in the next four years, I think that the AL Central will be one of the best divisions in baseball because. You, like you said, there, a lot of these uh, teams have a lot of young players that are still developing, so they're only going to get better, and then it's going to just be a, a four or five really good teams with really young uh, cores that are are good. So I think it, they potentially in the next four years could be the best, right up there at the top as the best division in baseball. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Um, my next question for you. I know how much you love St. Louis, uh, you know, Arenado and the Cardinals. Uh, can the St. Louis Cardinals bounce back? I think this they finished in last place. I think it's the first time since 1990 that they uh, finished in dead last in the division. Can the Cardinals, was this a one-time thing? And uh, do you think that they can uh, they can bounce back here uh, this coming season? I mean, that this is a hard one. Uh, I think offensively, they kind of stalled out a little bit last year. But I, I think, boy, you know, I don't think they did enough to mm-hmm. really make them a top of the division just because, mm-hmm. I mean, for instance, right, Miles Michaelis is still a part of that rotation. And right. I mean, we're talking about a guy that was 9 and 13, 4.78 ERA, not great, not yeah. great at all. And then you're, the bottom of your rotation is still Steven Matz. Yeah, he kind of ended the year up below four, but I mean, not many strikeouts. I mean, and this is a guy that's been a journeyman most of the time. I, I don't really like his stuff either. So, uh, you know, I think they will do better than last year. Uh, trust me, I think they will do better, but I thought they needed to make more moves, man. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a couple of moves that I really liked. Obviously, the Sonny Gray signing was really good. I think Kyle Kyle Gibson is good, but then you, you kind of st- you bring back old man Lance Lynn, you know, and... I just I don't love it. Um, I think their their bench needs to be a little bit better. They really haven't made any necessary big big moves. I mean, right. I thought they would kind of be in the Blake Snell 
kind of signing because I think they need another lefty because right now they're only lefty Steven Matz. So mm-hmm. I don't know why they're not in on those talks. Maybe they are. I mean, maybe by the time we're done with this podcast, all of a sudden it comes out, Blake Snell signs with the Bunch St. Louis Cardinals. Cardinals. Oh, and man. I think that dramatically would inc- better their their season outlook ahead. Mm-hmm. But I'm looking at a team right now that on paper, they look really good, Steve. They look really good. Mm-hmm. Brendan Donovan, Goldschmidt, Newbar, Arenado, Contreras, Gorman, Walker, Edmund. Right. And then you got the young Mason win at shortstop. I think that's fantastic. Right. But yep. and, and you have a really good mix in there. But I think it all comes down to their pitching and they know their pitching isn't very good. Right. Um, on the bench, yep. they got Dylan Carlson, who needs to make a resurgence. Uh, resurgence. I thought they thought Eric, uh, Alec Burleson would have did better, but he really hasn't. And then, yeah, you got some guys coming up. Right. You got Tink Hentz, who might be coming up this year. You got some of these guys who. <laughs> um, uh, Tacoa Roby. Um, so I think they're really gunning for their their young pitchers to kind of come up. But Steve, mm-hmm. I don't know if they've done enough. I, I I think you can't just make three old pitcher moves because remember, Sonny Gray's older, yeah. uh, okay. Kyle Gibson's older, and I already said Lance Lynn. And yeah. I, I just don't Lance Lynn basically is Adam Wainwright from last year, right? right. So you just like replace him. Kyle Gibson, he's good, but he's replaceable. And he's a guy that's kind of up and down, right? Sometimes he starts the year really hot and then can't just, then he, the rest of the year, he performs really, really poorly. Or mm-hmm. sometimes he starts the year poorly and then ends it really hot. You just don't know what kind of Kyle Gibson you're going to be. So I kind of look at that as a move as they're going to sign. Hopefully he does good. If they're still in the race, then keep buying. If not, then sell them for used parts, but, mm-hmm. you know, possibly prospect, Steve. But yeah, I think in a nutshell, I, I, I think they can bounce back. But I, let, me, let me put it this way. I think with Craig Council leaving the Brewers and with them not getting Brandon Woodruff in there, um, mm-hmm. not re-signing him, I think that's going to massively hurt that team. So I think the Brewers are going to be down, but I think it's the Cardinals division to lose at this point if they sign Bellinger. So you, you, you put that into that mix and then you've got a young, great Cincinnati Reds team who we should not be taking lightly. I think it's going to be really hard for St. Louis to bounce back. I think they can, but if this is what they thought they were going to do for pitching, I thought they'd do better. I like the Sonny Gray signing, but aside from that, no. So I think they can bounce back, but I still don't think they're going to win the division this year. I think they should get in the Dylan Cease uh, sweepstakes. I think that'd be a good good move for them. But, Something, right? You know, yeah, it seems like they're in just a wait and see. Like, I think they think that their talent, like it, it feels like they just thought last year was a fluke. Yeah. Um, and they're really just banking on the team to gel again. But, yeah, I think they are too. And um, and I was really surprised Oliver Mormoyle never got let go. Um, mm-hmm. I thought that. I, I thought. I thought for sure he had been gone by now. Agreed. Right. Yeah, I, I thought. I, I thought. Yeah. I thought because he just didn't seem like. He just didn't seem like the guy. Right. Mm-hmm. He it was kind of a lackluster promotion he's 37 years old i thought they needed to go a little bit older uh, i know they're going to you know i think they went out and they they tried hiring a couple more people and, and helping uh oliver but man, i don't know yeah. i yeah. just i don't know I, I really just don't know where this where this team's gonna go so yep. um now my question for you mm-hmm. uh steve is the with otani gone Mm-hmm. Can Mike Trout lead the Angels and become him again? Become what we recognize as him again. So basically, I mean, is Mike Trout gonna 
gonna do it. I mean, he's he, now he's kind of the Lone Ranger. So yeah. is it gonna be him again? In a nutshell, no. No, I, I, I don't think so. I've, I've said it before, and I'm not going to change my mind. Injuries have started to rear their ugly head here uh, with Mike Trout. You know, he had the shortened COVID season. He played 53 games, which is, you know, pretty good. But then in 2021, he played 36 games. You know, kind of bounced back in 2022, played 119 games, but then last year only played in 82 games. Uh, you know, and the averages has dipped some too. This is a guy that we're used to seeing hitting over 300. Uh, last year, he had only, you know, 263. Uh, power numbers, you know, seem to be down some. Even, uh, you know, the year where he played 119 games, uh, he you know, drove in only 80 runs. I mean, he had the 40 home runs, but it's not those Herculean Mike Trout numbers that we're, you know, that we're used to seeing. And I really do think, I think his body's starting to break down on him mm-hmm. some. And I, I, I don't know. He's 30, 32 now, I think going to be 32. Yeah, he is 32. He's good, yeah. you know, um, and I, I think father, uh, father time has started to, uh, to, to catch up to him. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm online here. I'm on Bavada looking at, uh, American league MVP, uh, odds. And, uh, you know, Mike Trout was usually right up there at the top, always top, top three in MVP, you know, odds and stuff. Now he's at a plus 2000 coming into this season for, uh, for MVP. Uh, so, you know, the, the, the batters are, are thinking him as, as kind of a, kind of a little bit of a long shot, not what he used to be. So I'd like to see him get back to how he was. Cause when he's clicking, it's great for baseball, but I just think the injuries have, have just caught up to him and, and I don't think he can become him again. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. I mean, especially when you said Bavada. I mean, at that point, I mean, you look at their over under to make the playoffs. I mean, right now they got them at like 60, 69 wins, which definitely isn't enough. Wins, so, man. yeah, that's not getting you in. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard to say what's going to happen with that team, but it's yeah. sad that Trout's kind of become this. I hope he has a resurgence. I, I mean, you look, at, I you look at fantasy rankings, I'm sure he drops out of the top two rounds. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think, and, and that, that's, that's totally the opposite of what it has been. You know, usually you're thinking Mike Trout first round top of the draft, you know, and just a couple of years ago, he, he was your top guy. Now you'd start thinking more in the third, fourth, mm-hmm. you know, for, for that, that sort of range um, and, and hope that he stays healthy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, I totally agree, man. I, I really hope he bounces back, but, and I just the numbers say no. Um, my next question for you is, do you see a team that could be this year's Cincinnati Reds? We talked about them earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they're a force to be reckoned with now, a team that they built from you know within and the sprinkling and a free agent signing. So basically, I'm asking you, do you see a team this year that could be like the Cincinnati of last year, a team that came out of nowhere to contend? Uh, do you see any team like that for this year? Boy, uh that's hard, right? Because mm-hmm. they would have to be a team that's, I mean, would this be, I mean, I mean, Cincinnati almost made the playoffs, they did. but they didn't, right? Yep. And yep. an easy answer would be the Miami Marlins, but they right. made the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So, hmm, I mean, well, I just say the Pittsburgh Pirates, you know, you want to say it. <laughs> yeah, I would love to say the Pittsburgh Pirates, but you just don't know what you're going to get there. Yeah. I love the way they started last year, but mm-hmm. then the reality kicked in and you're like, oh, right. yeah, this team isn't that great. And they still haven't made a great amount of moves. I like a lot of their young players for sure. Mm-hmm. I'd love to say Washington Nationals, but I still think they're a couple of years out from yep. some of their 
guys coming up, right? Your Brady House and and your Drew, uh, your um, your Cruz, uh, Cruz come Dylan Cruz coming up as well. You yep. know, so boy, I mean, this one's pretty hard. I'd say out of everybody, the team that I think that will be like them, boy. I mean, I you kind of got to say, boy, I don't know, man. I mean, I'm looking at everybody here and I, I just just answer no one. Them? I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, no one. No one. <laughs> yeah, but there's always somebody there right, is. that, that yep. makes that push every year. Yep. And I don't think it's going to be the Mets, but although I think the Mets will be better than last year, believe me. Okay. And Oakland is Oakland. Do and that, yeah. And I'm never gonna I'm never gonna say the White Sox ever again. <laughs> You've learned your lesson. I think I learned my lesson from that. I, you know, Steve, <laughs> I would say, boy, let's go with the Red Sox. Okay. Let's go with the I, Boston I was, Red Sox. I was thinking Red Sox because they've been a little bit frugal in their offseason moves here. Uh, you know, and they kind of missed the mark in, in regards to contending, uh, you know, contending the East, but they still have Alex Cora as their uh, as their manager, and I still think they got a lot of uh yeah, there. yeah, I do too. And you're looking at guys who who actually got better this off season, mm-hmm. right? Um, we're seeing player teams that never got good or that didn't get good this off season. Well, I'm looking at the Red Sox as a team that actually did become better. Why? Because yep. they they got Tyler O'Neill. I thought the Tyler yep. O'Neill trade was extremely good. I thought the them acquiring Von Grissom from for you know Chris Sale. Remember when they traded Chris Sale mm, to the yeah. Braves. Yep. I thought that was a really good trade for the Red Sox. They unpedaled that dumb contract. Sale wasn't going to make any resurgence. And they also got Lucas Giolito, which he's looking for a new start. Uh he he needs he needs a new mm-hmm. start. Um I don't like that, that that rotation doesn't have any lefties in it, but yeah. I think you are looking at a little bit of a younger uh, uh kind of a uh, late 20s staff. I think that's the average age of them, right? You got that Brayon mm-hmm. Bello, you got Tanner Hawk, you got Cutter Crawford, and then it kind of gets a little iffy, right? Because then you got Lucas Giolito and then Nick Pavetta, but I think they could still use another pitcher. Now, the the, the word I've been seeing, hearing, and I know you've see, heard that as well, is that they were looking at possibly trading Masataka Yoshida, which I don't understand why they would do that. Maybe because he's 30 years old now, so they thought, well, let's get him as this might be the highest his value is. Mm-hmm. But if you're a team that wants to compete contend now, and I think they do, I think you keep him. I mean, yep. Tristan Cassis is coming into his, uh, his uh, another year. He'll have um, when he starts the year, he'll be going on year two. Tristan Cassis is is a great hitter, and I think he's going to develop into a great hitter. You still got Raphael Devers, who is your star of that team, start one of the stars of the AL East. You got mm-hmm. Trevor Story, who's going to be back as a full-time guy and believe it or not he's 31 years old but he's been in the league only eight years which is wild to me to even think of (laughs) but i think this is a team that actually on the outside looks pretty good i i don't i don't hate their rotate or their bench you got rob Mm -hmm. ref snyder you got bobby Dahlback, you got reese mcguire i'm not a big i'm not a big hater on it i think they'll Mm -hmm. do better and i think they're going to do a lot better in this if they keep the same team they have now now if they trade yushida I think that's going to kind of screw some things over, but you can't go wrong with you got Jaron Duran at the top, who mm-hmm. that guy's a speedster. Then you got mm-hmm. Devers, Casas, uh, Story, Yoshida, O'Neill, and then from there you could throw in a mix of uh, a Brayu or Rough Snyder or Grissom or Wong or Dahlback. You could kind of do it all in there, and they have some really. I kind of like their guys coming up. To be honest, their guys coming up in their system are. I think it's a very progressive system since they got rid of uh, Dave Dombrowski. I mean, Marcelo mm-hmm. Mayer, 
is might be coming up this year, so you can make room for him, right? Yep. You got you got someone like Nick York, and, I, and a kind of like a, and Mikey Romero, which are two kind of Dustin Pedroia type players. So yeah, man, I think out of everybody in a in a nutshell, I think uh, yeah, the Boston Red Sox could be the next Cincinnati Reds this year. You sold me. Um, yeah. I'm all for it. I like that Boston team. So oh yeah, for sure, man, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um. Steve, yes. For your who is the face of the league, and will they remain for the next decade? I mean, you have people like Trout, Otani, Betts, Acuna, Judge, or someone else. Who's the face of the league? Uh, if you ask me right now, yeah, man, I'm going to go with Otani. I, I I just have to because yeah. of what he does on both sides of the ball, or you know, pitching and hitting, but also just his international prowess. You know, outside the he's a he's a right up there with Ichiro, worldwide superstar. And I I think, you know, he edges out Acuna. Acuna had a great year last year, and I hope he continues to do it. He's only 26. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Mookie Betts has been around for a bit. Trout just seems to be, you know, on the downward trajectory, like we talked about earlier. Uh, you know, Aaron Judge is there. But it, if I had to say the face of the league and will they remain for the next decade, it's got to be got to be Shohei Otani just because of, of what he does hitting and pitching yeah. and just, uh, you know, his his – worldwide uh presence that he has uh so yeah i, I i'm gonna go with shohei right now as the face of uh face of mlb i mean it makes sense right i mean there's really nobody to really step up acuna with winning the mvp is huge. is right there but otani on a worldwide scale Man. yeah i mean b- puts this league in another atmosphere which is mm-hmm. fantastic mm-hmm. so yeah i go with otani here um my next question for you is, is there a team in the NL West that can contend with the Dodgers for the division? Obviously, the Dodgers have been the face of uh, of the offseason here with the Otani deal and and just all the moves they make, you know, you know close to a billion dollars worth of uh, contracts they've uh, racked up here. Is there a team that you think can contend with the Dodgers for the division? Well, the question is, of the two teams that are worthy of this, right. <laughs> which are the Padres and the Diamondbacks, can they compete with the Dodgers? <laughs> I, I don't see, I don't see the Rockies hanging around, and the Giants. I don't know what the Giants are. <laughs> Nobody knows what the Giants are. That's a good question. They haven't yeah. really made any great moves. I like their their uh, Jung Hung uh, Lee signing Ooh. was really cool, but. Uh, I don't really know what they are. So we kind of have to go off of what last year told us. And last year yep. told us that there's a Dynam- Diamondbacks fuck hard. And mm-hmm. this San Diego Padres are kind of going in a different direction. So I think, yeah, I, I think in the end, it's going to be the Dodgers to lose. I mean, you yeah, can't definitely. have over a billion dollar payroll and and not make the playoffs. That right. would be, oh, man, crazy. be catastrophic right there. Right? It would. It really would. But I, I think... Yeah, it's going to be the Padres and the Diamondbacks. I'm going to give the edge to the Diamondbacks. I mean, I'm sorry, uh, the Padres. And I know that's kind of surprising. Uh, I love what the Diamondbacks did, but next year, well, this year, we'll find out if that was a flash in the pan move. Now, I think they're really good. I think they didn't know any better. Like, it was mm-hmm. just kind of this team that worked really well together, and they they were doing very well, but um, they have it. And they also got better, right? They got Erod in their staff, so... Yeah, we'll we'll see. Um, but uh, there's not a lot that I don't think there's a lot on the line compared to what the Padres have. The Padres cut bait with Soto, but they still have Manny Machado, Xander Bogarts, right. Juan Soto, Fernando Tatis. Right. Uh, the only yep. thing I'm not a big fan of is the rotation, but we'll see. We'll see how that works. And they're going to lose Josh Hader this year too. So right. we'll see what they're going to be. But they're cutting payroll. 
So yep. I, I, but I still think in the end, it's going to be between the Dodgers and the, the Padres and the Diamondbacks. Yep. But I think that it's Padres. I'm going to give the edge to the Padres just because I can't see Machado and Tatis letting this team suck any more than they have. So yeah, man. So that's my guess. I think it's going to be the Padres and the Diamondbacks competing for sure. Yeah, I agree. And uh, if you go on Bavada and you look at the win total for uh, for the Diamondbacks right now, you talk about them being a flash in the pan right now. It's over under 83 and a half. Wow. Yeah. So not thinking too highly there. There's like right in that meaty 500 area. So, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're starting to wonder if it was a flash in the pan last year for Arizona. Yeah. And I think you and I are going to talk about as the season goes or before the season starts, are the Dodgers the best team in the league? It's easy on yeah. paper to say that, right? But mm-hmm. I mean, when you got teams like the Braves, I mean, come yep. on, man. I mean, the Braves yep. are, I, I just, to me, they're still the top dog. I mean, uh, yeah, it's, and that's chemistry based. It's not all stardom, you know? So mm-hmm. we'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Uh, Steve, we got the last question here, which okay. we're going to go off the Dodgers again because they're okay. the hot ticket. They're the hot right. name right now. Are the Dodgers going to become a dynasty? Man, that's hard to say, dude. It's a hard uh, because, question when you think about it. Because, you know, to be a dynasty, you have to win multiple championships in a short period of time. I'm not saying you have to win back to back to back, you know, do like like what the Yankees did in the late 90s or do what the Bulls did in basketball. You know, six out of, you know, six out of eight, those are dynasties right there. But you gotta you gotta string together a few championships uh, you know, in, in a in a span of, you know, five, five to ten years. And do I think that they can become a dynasty or are they going to become a dynasty? Based on what they on paper, I'm going to say yes, but it's one thing to uh, stroll a team on the field on paper. And that's another one to roll it out in the field. There's just so many things that can happen mm-hmm. an injury that can happen. Like you said, I still think Atlanta is the talk of, of baseball here. I still think that they're the top dog and, and they're going to be in the Dodgers way to even get to the world series. Yeah. Um, but if I had to say, you know, put me right on the spot, are they going to become a dynasty? I'm going to say yes. Yeah. Because I think there's just way too much talent there, man. It's way too much <laughs> talent. Know? I would lean toward the side of no, just because I we've seen big payrolls become mm-hmm. winners before, but not. I can't think of big payrolls with superstar Consistent, teams yeah. consistently winning World Series every mm-hmm. year. They mm-hmm. might win one, but like three. I mean, what's a dynasty? Four, three? I would say I would say the Yankees of the late nineties, that was the dynasty. That was a they dynasty. Won, they they won uh three, three mm. or they won four out of five or something, right? Was that the was yeah. that the stretch? They won in ninety six, lost in ninety seven, won ninety eight, ninety nine, two thousand. That's a dynasty, right? That's there, a I dynasty. Think. I mean, that's an all time yeah. dynasty. So yeah. if we're saying that, I'm gonna say no because just it's so rare. And mm-hmm. I don't think that the and that team wasn't superstardom. I mean, yeah, no, yeah, it was, Derek it was Jeter's built from within. I yeah, mean, they, was, they made some free agent signings. You know, yeah, uh, with older players, your Daryl Strawberries, that sort of thing. But yeah. a lot of a team that was built with Jeter, Pettit, you know, Posada. You know, I think Joe Girardi was around early to start that. You know, it's just uh, Mariano Rivera. Obviously, mm. it was a team that was really it was built from within, and then yeah, you know, the the free you know free agents, uh, veterans sprinkled in there as well. Yeah. So, but nothing like at the big boom. Yeah, you know? but nothing at the size of what it was. Nothing like their two thousand nine, the their two thousand nine championship team, where they basically bought a championship. Right, and that does happen. That's why you can't Sabathia. Right, you know, and you can't exclude those. You got to say, okay, yeah. 
buying championships does work sometimes. I mean, I could even say the Texas Rangers were bought. Right. So, I mean, that that happens. But to become a dynasty, boy, that's hard. I mean, they're set up for it. The Dodgers are for sure. Mm -hmm. But can you can can you maintain? Yeah, I'm, I'm sticking with yes, but there's a lot of variables that can steer this thing off course quickly yeah for sure you know, for sure so for sure oh that was good good questions there yeah, yeah. It was, it was, you know that was, was some solid stuff there yeah. uh shall we head on over to collection corner let's do it all right do 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 yeah um so up for me this week uh kind of going out on a limb adam out of yeah that was a fun one right there he's up two dollars and 45 cents or a 106.3 percent increase to a market value of Four dollars and seventy-four cents. Yeah, I know, right? Upcards includes twenty twenty tops finest number one sixty-one gold, uh, which is also number to fifty, and it's two thousand nineteen tops heritage number five forty-eight. Uh, down uh, this week. Uh, speaking of uh, former Yankees, here Cecil Fielder. Uh, he's down ten dollars and eleven cents, or a ninety-one point nine three percent decrease to market value of ninety-six cents. Uh, down cards includes nineteen eighty-seven Fleer update number U dash thirty-one, and his nineteen ninety-two. Two tops, number three ninety-seven. Uh, with mine, I took a pair of New Yorkers. Uh, okay. Aaron Judge is up this week, four dollars and sixty-four cents. That's twenty-three point six three percent increase. Market price right now sits around twenty-four dollars and twenty-eight cents. That's kind of all over. His rookie cards, his mm-hmm. last year cards, everything. Uh, his twenty-two tops series one stars of MLB is up. A two thousand eighteen tops heritage number twenty-five all-star rookie card is up. And his twenty-one Dunruss optic number. TM14 is up. Now, down this week is CC Sabathia. Hmm. Down, and that's right before the Hall of Fame balloting, which is awesome. Um, <laughs> down $39.26. That's a 95.83% decrease. Market price right now sits around a whopping $1.71. Oh. So get CC Sabathia while he's hot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, oh, man. His 03 Donruss dress code jersey card is 99 tops traded rookie card T33 and his. 2016 tops holiday card number five are all down. Yeesh. <laughs> well, sorry, Sabathia. I mean, it's not as bad as the 96 cents for Cecil. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm sure his market will, will yeah, come back up a little uh, bit. Yeah, I'm sure it will. Uh, shall, shall we get the candles out and celebrate a birthday? Let's do it. All right. It's a happy heavenly birthday to Red Sox great and Hall of Famer Jimmy Collins. Born on January the 16th of 1870. Uh, career statistics on Jimmy Collins. He has a 294 career average, 65 home runs, 983 RBIs. He was a manager for a bit, compiling 455 wins and a 548 winning percentage. Played for the Boston Bean Eaters in 1895 and then the Louisville Colonels uh, uh, night, uh, also 1895. Then back uh, with the Bean Eaters from 1896 to 1900. Changed to the Boston Americans, 1901-1907. Then the Philadelphia Athletics from 1907 to 1908. As a manager, he's part of a manager of the Boston Americans from 1901 to 1906. World Series champ in 1903. NL home run leader in 1898 and part of the Boston Red Sox Hall of Fame. A little trivia on him is uh, uh, Jimmy Collins was the first manager of the Boston Red Sox franchise, then known as the Boston Americans. He was the winning manager in the first ever World Series as Boston defeated the Pittsburgh Pirates in the 1903 World Series, five games to three. Another guy that goes in that shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, he was elected in 1945 on the Old Timers Committee. Come and, on. Yes. I yes. swear to God, after well, after the first Hall of Fame class, <laughs> I just went drunk, like stupid, with introducing people. 
You get in. You get in. You get in. Like Oprah. Oh my God, bro. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. He's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously had a a pretty decent career, but in <laughs> oh man. He's know. no Scott Rowland. I'll say that. I'm, I mean, you look at his manager record. You're like, oh, could he get on his managerial record? Possibly, but he's like, well, he only won one like World Series, one World yeah. Series, and I don't think he did that as a as a manager, right? Uh, he, oh, was, yeah, he, he was. He was. He did manager, Boston yeah. Americans. Yeah, yeah, he was a pl- player manager. So yeah, wah, wah. Oh, that's all right. Still, yeah, well, that's a fucking show. Woo-hoo. That is a show, man. Hell yeah, man. Uh, just yeah. to keep track of our free agent tracker, nothing has happened. So. <laughs> <laughs> Steve still leads. Okay, with one or yeah. do I have two? You have two. 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 All right. Yeah. Two. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, uh, like nobody's being signed and it's pissing me off. I mean, it's I there's some really good like free agents on the market that just nobody's signing. And I'm just you and I we talked about it last week and it's just fucking weird, man. It's, it's just so weird, man. Like I said, you know, we uh pitchers and catchers report less than a month. Boring off season. The Otani yeah. thing aside, boring off season. Uh huh. Yeah, but we got the Hall of Fame. Uh, when we uh, do our next show, we'll have the Hall of Fame uh, people. I think uh, find out who uh, who got in when we, yeah. when we record and, next week. So. And we'll have our then and now series. We have our then and now series kicking off. Um, ne- I don't yeah. know if we d- we decided decade. I guess stay tuned. We'll uh, let you know. Yeah, we'll week. let you know what decade. Last year we did the eighties, <laughs> yes. so we got to figure out yeah. what decade now. And then we're starting with the pitchers. So if you guys are good at box scores, you'll know that we'll go one pitcher, two catcher, three first, and on and on. Just follow yourself, follow along on the uh, the field there. So yeah, absolutely. And it's yeah, then and now series is always really super fucking fun, man. So uh, can't wait to start that as well. But in the meantime, guys, thank you so much for listening. We we appreciate every single week. I mean, we Steve and I we try never to miss a show. We don't really miss shows. I mean, you know, Chris, I'm I've been sick year. I think uh, we we taken off. We both done shows with COVID. Yeah, dude, I've, I've seen <laughs> yeah. you with COVID. I've seen you sick. I've seen you yeah. like out down and out, and you still yep. make the show. Same with yep. me. Same, it's like, same with you. We yep. just find a way to make the show because we just really love the show. And we love doing it. Yeah, we just love doing it and. You know, we we love having an audience. So, um, yeah, let's keep it rolling. But in the meantime, guys, everybody have a great week. And we will catch you guys all next week. Deuces. Deuces.